For America's climate goals, investing in clean energy adds up. But what doesn't add up is an additionality requirement for clean hydrogen. Additionality would put an unnecessary and inequitable burden on domestic clean hydrogen producers and have serious consequences for America. America needs clean hydrogen, but an additionality requirement just doesn't add up. Get the facts at cleanhydrogentoday.org. Paid for by the Fuel Cell and Hydrogen Energy Association. Abraham Lincoln said, We the people are the rightful masters of both Congress and the courts. Not to overthrow the Constitution, but to overthrow the men who pervert the Constitution. Welcome in. This is Religionless Christianity. I'm your host, Spencer. This is my lovely wife, Nikki. Hello. And before we dive into this topic, baby, is there anything you would like to say? Pray for Spencer. He can't even drink his coffee because he hurt his wrist at work. It sounds so <laughs> when you say that. I heard it fighting at work, so it was more manly. Okay, sorry. Yes. So not only did I fight, but I was the king. The man whooped all those little... I've told, talked to you guys in the past about, you know out PTing a lot of those uh young whippersnapper that I work <laughs> with and now I got a chance to do a little bit of hand-to-hand uh not really hand-to-hand more like jujitsu but I worked them over in that too so are they injured no <laughs> no they came and asked me the instructors they're like so Tosi you gonna like win today too I was like no day two is a young man's game I was like this is a war of attrition right now, and I'm breaking down pretty quickly. So, but that's all right. My <laughs> wrist will be better. Um, but yeah, please pray for me and uh, pray for me also. You know, if I'm obviously mentioned before, I'm in the military, and, uh, you know, the military is subject to the national leadership in this country. And, um, uh, my job that I've been training for for the last, you know, however long it's been, it's kind of in flux. Looks like it might be kind of getting chopped and we may have to find something new to do. So uh, praise God, he's prepared us well for change. We handle it pretty well. Our kids, you know, <laughs> I mean, they don't what? complain too much. I mean, I don't know any other kids in the country that have lived in as many different places as our kids have. So Praise God, they handle it well too, but it's still, you know, it's difficult and time consuming and, you know, all that sort of stuff to move and do whatever you do to to get there. So just pray for us that it'll all work out as God would will it to, um, because yeah, we don't really care where we are as long as it's where God wants us. And as long as we can keep bringing these podcasts to you guys, that's what we care about. And um, yeah, so pray for us. And anything else? Um, I don't really have anything else. No. So today, I mean, as you saw, we kind of titled this Render Unto Caesar. Um, And if you read in Matthew, well, I'll pull it from Mark. It's in Matthew and Mark. But in Mark 12, uh, chapter 12, verses 13 through 17, honey, if you want to read that. 
And they sent to him some of the Pharisees and some of the Herodians to trap him in his talk. And they came and said to him, Teacher, we know that you are true and do not care about anyone's opinion, for you are not swayed by appearances, but truly teach the way of God. Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Should we pay them or should we not? But knowing their hypocrisy, he said to them, Why put me to the test? Bring me a denarius and let me look at it. And they brought one. And he said to them, Whose likeness and inscription is this? They said to him, Caesar's. Jesus said to them, Render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. And they marveled at him. Don't you just <laughs> love reading like, Jesus' words? Because it's always like, and obviously, I mean, that's the way it's written, but they think they got him. Oh, we got Jesus backed into a corner. <laughs> it's just always like such an effortless, oh, yeah, well, sure, bring me a coin. Hmm, well, it looks like that's Caesar's face. <laughs> and they're like, oh, my God, I can't believe Like, every time. Like, why didn't we ever think of that? <laughs> I love it. Um, and I thought about this, just kind of a side note, when we do our daily sort of TikTok devotionals, and I sort of moved out of Genesis, and I moved into Matthew, um, just started going through Matthew. and. I was like, man, you know, the Old Testament obviously is great, right? Nothing wrong with it. And you have the prophets and they're speaking on the Lord's behalf and stuff like that. And or on God's behalf, and it's great. And you hear, but like, I was just thinking about reading through Matthew, and you're like, you're not hearing a prophet tell you what God said. Like you're quite literally opening the book and reading God speaking words to natural men. <laughs> yeah. Like this right and they here. They don't even know it. They don't even know it, but we have it. Like you can just open it up on any given day and be like, I wonder what the God of all creation has to say. Like, oh, there's the red letters. This is this isn't what a prophet is telling you God spoke. This is God literally speaking and it being written down. And mm -hmm. it's just amazing. Uh, you know, hopefully, and I pray we'll always marvel at that and never sort of grow tired of you know mm. having god's word so readily accessible but i just thought that was kind of cool so yep uh verse 17 right he says render to caesar the things that are caesar's and to god the things that are god's and or yeah people that usually are forget about that last part they just talk about caesar but what things are god's right and that's what we're going to get into in this episode and um you know as i was kind of thinking about this and what kind of led me into it because you know obviously as the world's gotten more crazy and um you know our government has gotten more restrictive and all the states and everything you know i've kind of had that feeling that like this thought of render unto caesar that's like the weak need christians call to surrender is just like mm. well you know render under caesar you know just give up if caesar says it just give it you know rather than being like, who is Caesar? And that was kind of what got us started on this. Mm -hmm. um, who is Caesar in this country? And, um, you know, the thing is, in this country, like, we get so tied up in our politicians and governors and Congress, senators, presidents. But in this country, the Constitution is Caesar. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't matter who's the president. The Constitution is Caesar. Um, and I think we need to re like remind ourselves, we have to remind ourselves of that at times. And mm -hmm. I know 
obviously America does because we get so caught up in who's running for president and who's going to be, you know, a senator and all these sorts of things. And we put all our hope and our trust in these people when their job is quite literally to uphold basically Caesar, the Constitution. Right. So it really and shouldn't. It's for the people. Yeah. So it shouldn't really matter, you know, if they were actually doing the job they were being elected to do. Um, but this verse also, you know, it ties in or it's pretty closely associated with Romans 13.1. You hear this a lot um, in Romans 13.1, if you want to read that, honey. Okay. Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Ooh, yeah, you hear so this. So it's our authority. Yeah, and this is something <laughs> you've heard a lot in the last two years, right, with coronavirus and stuff. You know, when governments start locking stuff down and you have to get vaccines and mandates are rolling out and mask mandates, and they're like, well, you know, you got to you know be subject to the governing authorities. and you know, all these sorts of things. And again, in my mind, at least that ties back into the whole rendering unto Caesar, right? Like, mm -hmm. um, and that's why I just wanted to make mm -hmm. this episode and say that and remind everyone that in this country, your governor, your politician, your president, that's not Caesar. Right. Um, the constitution is, is Caesar in this country. Yeah. Mm. And we get too caught up in the, um, whether our politicians, well, Christians do, are they Christian? What's their past like? You know, Trump, he's so crude. What does it matter if he's upholding the Constitution? What he does in his free time, I don't care. Is he upholding the Constitution? Yeah, and that's, I mean, it's definitely, you know, if you had the option to elect George Washington again, of course, that's the best. You know, a godly man who upholds the Constitution, right? Like, that's the best thing, but... As we've talked about before, when you're electing a president, you're electing a president, not a pastor. Right. right. You know, it's a very different office. The requirements are very different. And mm -hmm. if a president is doing the job that they're supposed to be doing, it really shouldn't make that big of a difference because their job is to uphold the Constitution. And I pulled um, my little pocket Constitution <laughs> here um, just so it's not me speaking it. But this is the oath of office. Um, that the president takes. And it says, I do solemnly swear uh, that I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic, that I will bear true faith and allegiance to the same, that I take this obligation freely without any mental reservations or purpose of evasion, and that I will well and faithfully discharge the duties of the office on which I'm about to enter. So help me, God. And, um, just to kind of clarify that, the um, faithfully discharging the duties of the office that he's about to enter, those also are laid out in the Constitution, our mm -hmm. country's Caesar. Um, so it's not like he's just making up the duties of his office. They're defined there. So yep. uh, again, that's why when we would have talked about Donald Trump, it's like, yeah, it'd be great if he could be more well, you know, refined and more godlike or Christ-like and more, you know, whatever it happens to be. Um, but again, that's not his job. His job is to mm -hmm. be the president and to uphold the Constitution. Um, right. We pray for him, though. Yeah. I mean, nobody's perfect. And if you were up there 
you would probably look worse than the things that they would bring out about you. Honestly, yeah. it's the garbage that they dig up. Yeah, I mean, and if that was the case, if your president was actually just doing the job, the oath that he took, it largely wouldn't really matter if he was a Christian, a non-Christian, even, you know, very secular and atheist, right? Because he's just doing the duties that are yeah. prescribed to him in the Constitution. So it's like they take an oath to God, but does it matter if they mean it or not? Is it just the words? Oh, I mean, at this point, Bible? yeah, it's quite literally just because you don't have to be a Christian. They always say it usually sort of more Catholic, I guess. But well, no, I think the big thing with Biden was he was only technically the second Catholic. Oh, was he? Um, hmm. If you want to call him a Catholic, uh, him and JFK. So. Um, but I pulled this from uh, my Patriots Bible, um, which is a great little gift um, for anybody in your life that loves the Lord and loves the founding of this nation. But in this, it says, um, the Constitution provides the framework for the organization of the United States government, outlining the three main branches of the government, the legislative executive, um, and then uh, the judicial. But it says the Constitution carefully outlines the limits of delegated powers each branch may exercise. It also reserves numerous rights for the individual states and thus establishes the United States federal system of government. So again, there, it's telling you the United States Constitution sets the framework and basically gives the left-right limits of what our elected politicians are allowed to do and what each form of government or each uh, branch of government is technically supposed to do. So again, the Constitution is Caesar, not the person who's filling the office outlined in the Constitution. And I think that that's important to remember, especially when these, you know, godless antichrist politicians start you know tightening the screws on us and trying to take away more of our freedoms more of our liberties and stuff like that um it only works when we let them they try to do it in the name of uh you know life you know especially with the vaccine and in the name of love loving your neighbor so it's not that they're just doing it yeah this thing you have to do it but they're using certain words and trying to make it fit oh of course and yeah somehow you're only really loving your neighbor when you're basically giving up more of your freedom mm -hmm. to the government well love is above all you know <laughs> yeah nothing like a bunch of anti-christ satanic politicians telling you to love somebody so yeah. it's pretty rich yeah um but another thing that we always kind of hear and i just wanted to point this out because i think it gets glossed over a lot you know, we constantly hear a lot, especially from politicians, you know, about America, we're a democracy, 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 you hear it all the time. Um, and that always bothers me, because in a way, yes, we're a democracy, but we're not a democracy, we're a democratic republic, which is vastly different. Because um, a democracy is just mob rule, right? If you get 51% to agree with you, you do what you want. Um, but as a republic, you know, we basically elect people to represent us and then they go and again oh, adhering to the constitution you know they enact laws and basically keep the country running on our behalf so that we don't essentially have to take because in a democracy you would literally take everything to a vote 
hey, do we want a new trade deal with China? Let's pass it out to the people. And like, oh, 49% said yes. Darn it, I guess we can't do it. Right. We, you know, elect people to go and handle that for us so that we're not just completely saddled. Um, but again, those people are to work inside the framework of the Constitution. Um, the Constitution, again, is that boss, not the elected representative. I just want to make that point clear because, you know, we just, man, we are so far removed from that idea. Like, we have politicians, senators, and congressmen that have been there for 30, 40 years. Like, that's not an elected representative anymore. That's mm -hmm. a royal, that's a royal class of person that they've literally, and <laughs> this kills me, the idea of a politician as a career. Like, think about that. If you're sitting in school and you're like, hey, uh, what are you going to study in school? And they're like, oh, you know, I want to be a chemist, so I'm going to do chemistry as my major. And they're like, wow, that sounds fascinating. You're going to, I mean, granted, nobody talks like that because conversation is dead in America. But, um, you know, if your friend was like, oh, really? I'm going to study how to be a leader of this nation. And you're like, what? <laughs> is that a career field? They're like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to be in charge of your nation and make all the important decisions. You're like, oh, I'm going to be a gym teacher. Like, <laughs> you just go like these people literally and I'm kind of getting sidetracked. But the idea of being a politician to be a royal class of person, like a 30 year senator, you literally do nothing. These people get paid a fortune. Yeah, they insider trade. They get treated like royalty, and they literally vote. That's their job. They don't write laws anymore. We have Can think I tanks. Get paid to vote? Yeah, they literally <laughs> just sit there and they go, "Oh, what's the new bill that you just wrote?" Like, uh, here, uh, our think tank just gave us this bill, and they're like, "What's it on?" Oh, it's a spending bill, and they're like, "Oh, okay." Uh, is the Democrat Party voting yay or nay? Oh, we're nay on this one. Oh, okay, nay. That's their job, quite literally. And then they go on the news media and puff themselves up. It's insane that that's a... If your politician has been in Washington or any house of your leadership for more than 10 years, vote them out, no matter how constitutional, how liberal, how whatever. If they've been there for more than 10 years, they don't need to be get that long. them out. Um, that is it not... Doesn't feel, it wouldn't feel right if it was you there. You'd know why. Why am I here so long? You yeah, like George Washington literally had the opportunity to become king of America. It was like, eh, yeah. I'll do four <laughs> years. I'm good, you know? <laughs> but these people like, oh, I'll just be a senator for 40 years until I, I'm a Supreme Court justice. Dang near sitting up there with dementia on dialysis. And we think like, that's the that's right the person. person to judge on our laws. Like, it's nuts. Um, but... Mm. Yeah, so the Constitution, that is Caesar, that is the boss in this country. We have to remember that. And we've talked about this idea before that America is a thing. Like, we think that because it's the land of the free that it's just whatever we make it. It's whatever we want it to be is America, right? Like, you know, you can take capitalism and exchange it for communism. You can take freedom of religion and you can turn that into freedom from religion, you know, you can do our right to privacy, and we can give all that away for security. You can do all these things, and hey, it's still America. 
but that's not the case. Like at some point you change it so much that it ceases to be the thing that it was mm -hmm. originally. And I think that's where we're finding ourselves in America. It means something to be called America. Yeah. And like today, I mean, we still have the constitution, right? It's probably still hanging on a, a wall somewhere in some museum and it's drug out whenever a politician needs to drum up a few votes. But the idea that they're actually like, you know, writing their laws that they're going to pass or the bills they are going to, you know, bring up to Congress that they're like consulting the constitution right. on that is nonsense anymore. Everything needs to be read through the constitution. It should be the constitution is Caesar in this yeah, country. You need to go through, needs to go through that. And what's so sad is like, we've elected, you know, these people who no longer care about the constitution and we've allowed them to not care about it. Um, and we've decided to make elected representatives who should be um, subject to the Constitution. We've made them Caesar over Caesar somehow, which yeah. is bizarre. And then we've just decided to give everything over to these new Caesars. We give them our security. We give mm -hmm. them our health. We give them our children. We give them our churches. I mean, we give them our hopes and our dreams, our fears. We give everything to Caesar. Um, and not the real Caesar, these artificial fake Do those Caesars. those things to belong to Caesar, like render to Caesar the things that are Caesars. Those, those are, are not Caesars. Those are God's things. Yes. Our health, our security, our children, our churches, your hopes, your dreams, your fears, your, those are all God's. Mm -hmm. Like, sure, if you want to talk about raising taxes to pay for a road, sure, okay. give it to Caesar. Yeah. But the idea that like, you know, we see in states like New York State and um, California and stuff like, oh, if your kids want an education and they're five years old, they need a vaccine with a vaccine card. And we're just like, oh, but what if the kid doesn't get an education? And then what will I do instead of being like, nope, God gave me these children to take care of. And if he gave them to me, he'll provide for them. Yeah. Uh, no, nope, we're just like, OK, governor, like you said it. You know best. It's just insane. It's sad. Um, and then again, and we've mentioned this point before to make matters even worse is we've elected, obviously, like we said, these people to be Caesar over Caesar somehow, but we elect the most ungodly antichrist, basically satanic people to be in charge so that they can oppress us further. And then we can like cry out for it. And then another, you know, worthless politician walks up and is like, well, I won't oppress you in the same way that they did. I'll oppress you differently. And we're like, yay, thank you for new oppression. Like, it's just, it's insane, you know, and they never loosen the reins. They never give it back. It's just always taking from us, giving to themselves. This is why you see vaccine mandates, mass mandates, and they never adhere to it, right? No, nope. Congress doesn't have a vaccine mandate. You see all these worthless politicians go into their you know, balls and their galas and their big outings. None of them have masks on, right? Because they're the royalty. We're the serfs. They're the royals. And the rules that they enact aren't for them, right? That's the whole, you know, mm -hmm. socialism's for the people, not the socialist um, sort of mentality. So it's right. just awful. It is um, awful. And then in that same vein where Caesar, right, is the constitution in this country, What's even more important is that that Constitution um, 
wasn't just written down on a sheet of paper out of thin air. Um, that constitution in this country was given to us by God. And our earliest founding fathers understood that. Um, and they even went so far as to make covenants with God on this. Um, so we pulled a couple of different little quotes. Uh, I was just looking because I knew America had made covenants. And I was just trying to find a way to um, find what these covenants were. And I just pulled a couple of them from this website. It'll be linked down in the show notes. But um, if you want to read that first um, quote there, honey. Of America's covenant with God. It says, during their journey across the Atlantic, Winthrop formulated a sermon entitled, A Model of Christian Charity. In it, he exhorted his fellow pilgrims that the eyes of the world are upon us and that God would have them in their new home to be that city on a hill of which Jesus spoke, a shining light exhibiting a model of Christian living for the rest of mankind to see. Yeah. I believe that. I do. And it absolutely was. I mean, this country was that model. It was that light on the hill. And, you know, you saw the pilgrims coming here, um, our founding fathers and stuff coming from Europe. And they had this idea that this was going to be a new land and they dedicated it to God. And they were Christian men and women who lived very in close, you know, relationship with God. They were very faithful people and something sorry, off topic, that drives me nuts, is hearing people that like, oh, the, you know, the founding fathers were secular, or they weren't Christians, and that drives me nuts. Like, I just feel like you could probably take the most secular founding father you could think of, and I would bet anything I had that they're probably more Christ-like and Christian than 90% of the so-called Christians in this country today. Like the idea mm-hmm. that they're like, oh, Benjamin Franklin didn't believe in God. Like, oh, but we're the ones that are going to be like, he didn't uphold Christianity right. the way I do, you know, mm-hmm. when I, you know, just got back from an abortion clinic and wearing my bikini and getting hammered at the bar and judge like, And if you've had abortions, wear bikinis, I have to say this. We love you. God loves you. Uh, He can save you from those sins. But again, that idea that like, oh, well, they're not, they weren't as Christian as we are. Like, give it a rest. Um, But yeah, when they walked close to God, this country was that shining city on the hill. And then you've seen as we started to move further and further away, we've basically just become a laughingstock to the rest of the world. Like, yeah. Unless a country just wants our money, then sure, they'll, you know, deal with us. We're not really known for our Christian values anymore. Like, I think that light is definitely fading to the rest of the world. And it's a shame. It it really is. And like, I don't know if God's going to restore our country. I don't know how it, it can it can turn around because it's just we're just so antichrist. So immoral and i don't know how you you turn around and go back to wholesomeness after we've gone this far it's just it's got to be brought up you have to bring up your children it's got to be a new generation and then they have to stick to wholesomeness and godliness like we have just gone so far just within a few generations 
like three generations really like yeah my grandparents can like they their mind would be i mean i know they've seen how far like they've seen the most change oh yeah um i mean if you look through the 1900s into the early 2000s and stuff i think we've been too pampered we've been so spoiled we we haven't had we haven't gone through any hard times just we've been enabled to be lazy honestly and entitled and and i was just thinking on the constitution if you want to argue it wasn't from god you're going to give man that much credit for thinking of something this good that lasted this long and that we don't um elect um Caesar we say the constitution is Caesar like no man can think of this idea like that is from God and it's our fault that it isn't um being upheld I mean because we have wicked people electing wicked people who they know aren't gonna uphold the constitution the people who elect them hate our constitution oh they absolutely and hate it. if you hate the constitution it's I mean it's a blessing from God I just don't understand how how you can't see that, how you can't give the credit to God and see God's hand in the establishment of it. Yeah, I mean, I feel like if you're a, a thoughtful person um, and not just a, you know, a God hater and stuff, it's hard not to see. I mean, for God's sakes, I mean, they lay out that, you know, nature's law and nature's God, you know, right in the Declaration of Independence. So. Um, but going back to the covenant idea that we had with God, I mean, we, again, pulled this from that same website. Um, and here think, can't think of the guy's name, but he says, we have entered into an explicit covenant with God. There it is. They entered into a covenant with God. We have drawn up indentures with the almighty. Wherefore, if we succeed and do not let ourselves be diverted into making money. Uh, that's what America is all about today. That's what's happened. He will reward us. Whereas if we fail, if we fall to embrace this present world and prosecute our carnal intentions, the Lord will surely break out in wrath and make us know the price of the breach of such a covenant. And um, I he think we've definitely, like you talked about, we don't notice our blessings anymore. Um we've basically attached all of our blessings to zeros on our bank account statement. Right. If you got more zeros, you got more blessings. Um, and we've lost sight of the fact that that wasn't the original intention of this country. Like the pilgrims, the founders, they didn't come to this country because they're like, so they boy, is it rich. mineral rich and we can make a bunch of money. No, they came here because they were like, we want to serve God the way we want to serve God in this new land. And right. um, they understood blessing was healthy children you know, uh, good family relationships, uh, mm -hmm. you know, the fruit of the spirit, like these are all yeah. blessings from God. It's not just simply dollar signs, um, and mm -hmm. you know, zeros in your bank account. And somehow we've lost sight of all that, that, you know, if you're not being blessed financially, or if you have sickness in your body, somehow that God's blessing isn't on us anymore. And Largely, it's because, like you said, we've turned away from this covenant with God. We've broken this covenant. And it may not even, you may not even care about this covenant, right? You might be like, I don't give a crap about some covenant. But too bad, right? 
you already have entered in, you were born into a country where its founders made a covenant with God. Um, much like when God and Abraham made that covenant, if you were an Israelite, after that, you were birthed into a covenant with God. Right, you right. didn't get a say anymore. It had already he been kept done. kept his covenant with you because of your ancestors. And then going down here, it uh, says, uh, historian Benjamin Hart says, the U.S. Constitution has worked because there has been a sacred aura surrounding the document. It has been something more than a legal contract. It was a covenant, an oath before God, very much related to the covenant the pilgrim signed. Indeed, when the president takes his oath of office, he places his hand on a Bible and swears before Almighty God to uphold the Constitution of the United States. He makes a sacred promise, and the same holds true for the Supreme Court justices who take an oath to follow the letter of the written Constitution. The moment America's leaders begin treating the Constitution as though it were a mere sheet of paper is the moment the American Republic or American Covenant ends. And we are living through the midst of that end of the American Republic, in my eyes. Yeah, because we know the covenant and we willingly break it. We can't say we're ignorant of it. No. I Just mean, like we can't say we're ignorant of God's word and in what sin is and what repentance is in the gospel. We're willfully ignorant of both. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we were quite literally, you know, willfully breaking our covenant with God. Um, and we're willfully disobeying essentially Caesar that God established. And that's what they're saying. God established the Constitution. The Constitution is the rule in this country. Mm -hmm. And we just dismiss it and we elect people who will dismiss it. Mm -hmm. um, and it's all, again, so that we can place all of our, uh, you know, things that belong to God in these false Caesar's hands, our hopes, our dreams, our fears, our security, all those sorts of things. And, um, you know, the result of breaking covenant with God, you know, you see it all through the Bible, you know, like she talked about when in this country, we've been blessed immensely. And just like in Israel, when they were blessed and the life was great, they always walked away, right? Continually. Mm -hmm. And when you're breaking covenant with God, it's not necessarily that God's punishing you um, per se, but he's turning his face away from you. You've walked away from him. You're no longer in his presence. And to not be in God's presence is to be in an evil place. Like where God isn't, there is simply evil. Yeah, even unbelievers are blessed by the covenant um, made in this country. They are under that type of covenant of the blessing on America with our Constitution. Absolutely, it's they are. really amazing. Like, they deny God, but God blesses them anyway just because they're under it they're an american yeah i mean so it's it's shameful but we just wanted to remind you guys um and i'm sure most of you know it but you know just knowing it's not good enough you got to have the confidence to walk in it um hold these people mm -hmm. accountable to it because yeah change we're not going to go back to being a blessed nation that walks in favor with god tomorrow um, it right. took us generations to get to this point. It's going to take us generations to win this nation back. So, um, you know, like I know, they say a journey of a thousand miles starts with a single step. Um, and that's where we're at. You know, we I don't even know that we've turned around yet to get back on the right path. Um, I think mm -hmm. I've said that quote by C.S. Lewis before where he says, uh, I think it's a mere Christianity, maybe, but 
you know, on the road to progress, if you come to a fork in the road and, you know, the right path is, I'm paraphrasing, of course, the right path is to the right and you go left, progress isn't continuing down that wrong path. Progress is turning around and going back to the fork in the road. So the yeah. first person to turn around is the most progressive. Yeah. Um, and I don't know that we've actually turned around to start going back to that fork in the road. But um, and everybody isn't going to turn around together. We're going to be divided. It's like we're going to split. That's what it seems like. Like there's too many people. Like we started out with few Americans and they are all one mind mostly. I mean, there's always a few, but now it's like we've just grown and we're not in one mind. We're so divided on, like I said, there's people who are just God deniers and God haters and don't want to admit where their blessings come from. So I don't know how we could turn around a whole country. I mean, we need to acknowledge what happened, where we came from, like why we are uh, where we are today. But where do we go from here? We know individually we have to turn to God. We don't necessarily turn to the Constitution first. We turn to the one who gave it to us because we can't put that above God. We're Christians before we're Americans. So I'm, I'm never saying anything like you're a Christian because you live in America. Don't, I don't want anybody to misquote me or misunderstand what I said, but you just fall under the American blessings, not necessarily um, all the blessings of God just because you live in this country. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know how if our country can turn around without being completely divided. That's the thing. I don't know. What do you think? Do you have hope? I mean, <laughs> I don't think it takes a majority to turn a nation. I think it just takes a active and sort of in your face minority. Um, and that's why we've been calling people forever or not forever, but for a while now, like to start drawing these lines, um, to start setting yourself apart from mm -hmm. this country, because you can't convince people of God and this Christian way of life. If your Christian way of life looks just like their secular antichrist yeah, way of life. I know there's wolves in sheep's clothing, but we have a lot of sheep dressed up like wolves. They're yeah. confused. They're still trying to run with the wrong herd or pack. I think, yeah, I mean, you can't be a Christian in, you know, a godly world or in a uh, ungodly world and think that you're not going to be influenced. And I pulled up here. Yeah. Um, I was, what was it? First Timothy chapter six, um, where he kind of talks about um, false teachers and true contentment. And I don't know that it fits a hundred percent, but it stuck out to me when I was kind of reading through you know, these false Caesars and stuff that we've elected, because he says, uh, teach and urge these things. If anyone teaches a different doctrine, and I thought more importantly, does not agree with sound words of our Lord Jesus Christ in the teachings that accords with godly godliness, he is puffed up with conceit and understands nothing. Um, and mm. then I think he says, let me see. I think the rest of that sounds good, too. Yeah, um, he's puffed up. He has an unhealthy craving for controversy and for quarrels about words, which produce mm -hmm. envy, dissension, slander, evil suspicions. 
and constant frictions among people who are depraved of mind and depraved of the truth. Um, imagining imagining the, that godliness is a means of gain, hmm. but godliness with contentment is great gain. For we were brought into this world, or we were brought, for we brought nothing into the world, and we cannot take anything out of the world, but if we have food and clothing, with these we'll be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. Um, and then that's where he talks about for the love of money um, is all evil or yep. is all kinds of evil. Um, so I just thought like, I don't know, to me, I was just kind of reading through like these false seasons, and these antichrists and like, these are these people that we have that we've elected that don't agree with the sound words of our Lord Jesus Christ. And um, that's kind of how you can know who these people are. Cause we've talked on this episode or on this show before about, um, you know, godly leaders and antichrist leaders. And, you know, part of turning this nation back is getting mm -hmm. godly leaders back in charge yeah. of this country that are going to adhere to, the document God gave us to govern this nation. And, um, you so know, step one, it's like, we need a, a blueprint to turn around. Step one, repent and pray for God to make a way to turn things around. And it's not just for our good. It's for the good of the nation. It's not a selfish thing. We know that God's blessings fall on all people when we have godly leaders, those who uphold the Constitution. So, I yeah. mean, it's a who bonus. Was it? John if, Kelvin, I think, that said, you know, when God judges a nation, he gives them bad leaders or something like that. Mm. Um, so it's kind of hard not to see, hear yeah. that and think we're being judged. It's like we're not being judged because um, it's like it's a sin issue. Like, the leaders aren't really the cause we caused it because of our sin. We definitely did. Yeah. We, we can't blame them. It's like, we have to repent. We can't blame it on them. No, I mean, our national leaders and all, all of our leaders are a reflection of who we are. So mm -hmm. um, if we have bad antichrist, ungodly leaders, I mean, what kind of people are we? So. I know other nations aren't going to say, oh, those poor Americans. Like, no, that's who they elected. That's what they want. <laughs> yep. Um, so that's all we wanted to, to get out today. Just to, again, remind you guys that our Constitution is Caesar in this country, not the elected politicians who are supposed to uphold that document. Right. And that, that document was given to us, again, by a higher power, and that being... God Almighty, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, not just some mysterious God in the sky, um, a very specific God. Right. Um, and, you know, until we start, you know, demanding that, you know, these leaders that we elect adhere to that, um, basically make themselves subject to that, uh, I don't know that we're ever going to get back into a blessed state in this country. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, so it starts with us as always. Everything starts with us. It starts with you. So uh, we'd love to hear what you guys have to say on this. Um, yeah, I think it'd be a really good discussion. I think a lot of Christians, you know, like you said, they've just given up and said, oh, like we need to remind them. This is important <laughs> for them to understand <laughs> this. 
God can bless us in more ways than dollars. So yeah, um, just remind yourself of that. So that's all we do. You have any last thoughts on this? No. All right. Stick around for Saturday. The news has been nuts this week. I don't know if we'll have time to get to all the crazy news stories that have happened. <laughs> um, and who knows, maybe Mars Hill will ever come out with another episode. And we'll <laughs> review it. And then people will yell at us as they always do. Um, but that is all we got for you guys today. God bless. The United States Border Patrol has exciting and rewarding career opportunities with the nation's largest law enforcement organization. Border Patrol agents enjoy great pay, outstanding federal benefits, and up to $20,000 in recruitment incentives for newly appointed agents. If you are looking for a way to serve something greater than yourself, consider the United States Border Patrol. Learn more online at cbp.gov careers usbp. That's cbp.gov careers usbp.